Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Speaking Generally podcast. We're having another little book day today. Which oh, is... not again. No, George, I, you like to crack open a book now and then. Um, we are, we're talking about our reading diet. Um, what do you ingest? How many books are you shoving in that old gullet of yours? Swallowing them down like, like a, a bibliomaniac. Um, George, you're a you're a bookish fellow. Do you think about your reading diet consciously? It's high calorie. I know that much. <laughs> right. Um, you've put me on the spot, really. No, I would say not actively, but I'm here to sort of digest it in real time. Not not digest what I've consumed bookwise, but sort of break down my process in real time because I've done very little preparation. Um, well, what Cats I would. Like. <laughs> Well, what I was thinking about is how we, it's, since it's early in the year, thinking I, I'm trying to actively choose to read a lot more classics this year, um, particularly classics plucked from the Western canon that Harold Bloom wrote a big list of many years ago. But it's, a, it's really good. I encourage anyone to go and look at it. Just, just Google the Western canon Harold Bloom. And there's this really extensive, beautiful list of things going way back to like, you know, some of the earliest, you know, narrative things like Gilgamesh and early Hebrew writings, but right up to, you know, 20th century literature and uh, American literature and stuff. But I sort of wonder, I sort of wonder, break the back of more of that this year. And uh, it just got me thinking about the composition of books we're reading um whether you should try and I, I think there's different advice for people who are experienced readers versus people who are you know only read a few books a year which might which we can talk about might be a bit different but i think for the people who really take their reading seriously and try and get through as much as they can in a year you know i i just wanted to get your hot take george on what you thought between instinctual gut-led just just plucking out whatever tickles you at any one time and then actually thinking about not achieving perfect balance but achieving some kind of i i you know i want to actively explore more of the world of literature from different countries or i want to balance out fiction versus non-fiction i want to balance out practical versus abstract and theoretical and uh is that something, you know, you try and aim at if you feel you've tilted in one direction or, or do you think that people just have their fancies? I think it, I think my reading was initially, I kind of started reading a lot as a result of what I was studying. I studied English literature and I focused on contemporary American fiction. So that really shaped the direction that my reading has taken as continued to shape it, I suppose. Um, and certainly for, I'm probably talking about a 10 to 12 year period, I guess, from when I started studying. And the first or seven of those years are very heavily skewed towards fiction. So I've had to do a lot of playing catch up with nonfiction. There's a lot of classic nonfiction books and stuff like that that I've not, re or I hadn't really touched. So I guess it's a combination of what you want to have as your wheelhouse is the wrong phrase, but 
if I'm, I was working on American literature, so it kind of made sense to try and read all the Philip Roth and read all of John Updike's stuff and because they were the conversations I was going to be having. So if, if you are in a kind of, I guess, like a setup or a milieu or whatever of a certain kind of thing, then it obviously makes sense to pursue that. Um, if it's more general, then, yeah, I suppose I'm often quite list-driven. I I think the first like cultural thing I really got into is music and books like A Thousand One Albums to Hear Before You Die became a real kind of touchstone for me of just essentially just seeking them out and trying to tick off as many of them as possible. And with reading, I've been very similar. That's It's been a really easy jumping off point. So it's like my sort of academic background got me into a certain direction of reading and I suppose got my tolerance for reading a lot up and uh, stamina and that kind of thing and then seeking out lists of yeah greatest non-fiction books ever published or that that kind of stuff um I, I sort of defer my knowledge to those or historically at least deferred my knowledge to those lists and would then um I, I guess kind of put stock in the fact that the things on those lists would make for good conversation pieces. They're kind of on that list for a reason. You know that plenty of other people will have read them, that they should be informative. That's kind of how I've done it because after finishing my degree, I've not really got any specific need to read a certain kind of text. Whereas say with your job, it's important that you read lots of personal development for your job as much as your own interest. Right. So, um, it's a bit of a mix. It's like I've gone from being very specifically focused by what I studied to now just having complete carte blanche to pick and choose as I wish. And I think you get, you, you certainly can have choice kind of blindness or be overwhelmed by the options out there. So I guess talk, hearing myself talk up that kind of rambling talk I just gave there, lists are very much the way that I narrow things down. I think if you can find someone that you trust or find a source I don't know, the yeah. New York Times best books of it of all time or whatever, you know, that kind of thing, like saying Harold Bloom's canon. Um, that's kind of the best place to, to start, the best way to shape things. But I don't have a a very like militant, I need to read three nonfiction books and three fiction books this month. I, I don't do it in that way. I don't quantify it that way. It's more what can I pick and choose from these kind of revered lists or at least respected recommendations um, that I know should fit my interests. And then I, I go from there. That's the way, that's the way I do it. I think. Yeah. I, uh, I always, I do find looking up just like even on Goodreads, sometimes things like that, sometimes people will have compiled even lists of like, best novel since 1945 or something random and you will you'll get these finds and gaps where you think oh yeah that's one i haven't written it like you it is it is easier sometimes to see compiled lists in like the guardian than to just kind of go trawling through classic literature sections or you know things like that because i think i think also you can also just be led down you know i see people sometimes just trying to look for something to read and if they don't have a kind of good recommendation system, they do just sort of sort of go in a very random haphazard way and, and sort of pluck things and then wonder why they're bored or wonder like, yeah, like it's, it's random, but it's also quite predictable, right? Cause it'll be, Oh, I've got war and peace and catcher in the rye or, you know, it'll be those kind of regarded classics. And 
they're often just not the right book to be pursuing, right? It's like right. your interest is the be a better guide. And if we're talking about people who don't read that much, you know, thinking about shaping a good way to get going, um, I don't know, deferring to the classics is is often good, but if if you can defer to someone's recommendation or have someone that you can trust to say, oh, you're really into this, you, you'll like this, that's, I find, a better way to go. Um, yeah, I, I even had it where my older brother doesn't read that much fiction but has read more in recent years and, and kind of, you know, it's interesting watching someone who, you know, is kind of like, you know, he there are classics he would like to read or has read like... You know, he read like 1984. He did read Catcher in the Rye um, and enjoyed those. And But it's kind of like you kind of have these just, if you're not familiar with a certain whole swathe of writing, you end up with these kind of the big buzzword ones. But And you're kind of like, oh, what, 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 what should I read now? Like, I don't know where to go. And like, mm. do, do I just read War and Peace or something? It's like, but then it's like, I don't, I don't think he wants to read like a 900 page. No, that's like the other thing as well, isn't it? It's the, si the size can often be, a lot of the canonical texts are big as well. So it, it can be a very daunting place to start. Yeah. You'd be better off with just like a buzzy 120 page novella to kind of get into the swing of things. Well, whereas like I gave him that one, well, you, I think you sent him it, the uh, Tobias Wolf one, the old school, and I encouraged him to read it. Um, well, maybe I did. I, I recommended, I said, I sent him a list of 15 novels. Maybe that was on there. Yeah, that's, um, a, that's a great one. Yeah, and he really enjoyed that. And it and, and it's like highly readable, but literary. And, you know, mm. it's it's kind of... It's just one of those ones you wouldn't think to pick up. So, yeah, it's it's kind of hard to pass on to people who are thinking about it. It's like, but it's like, do seek out, even if it is in like online, you know, you can get online lists from respected newspapers and New York Times or whatever, but it is worth like having a good trawl through the lists and seeing the kinds of things that, you know, other people are passing on, especially like, you know, whatever, you just sometimes get authors you like who recommend other things they really like and they're interviewed with things like that. There's uh, all kinds of ways like that. But you, yeah, mentioned I, the, you mentioned The Guardian in passing there. They do a really good weekly it's a bit hit and miss but they'll pick a topic and it'll be the 10 best books about and it'll be 10 best books about Ireland the 10 best books about a meal the 10 best books about you know school days whatever and it'll usually be recommended by another author and there's some really good stuff in and amongst those recommendations and I think picking based on something you're interested in as a broader subject is maybe a better way to go than just pulling stuff off of a list if you don't have um you know any broader guidance than that i think it's a bit like throwing darts at a dartboard one why would that necessarily that classic be perfect for you because i think a lot of the time classics are significant but often maybe not super enjoyable just because contemporary society is so different that they're often very hard to relate to without a lot of um background knowledge background reading extra yeah. insight and stuff so yeah it's it's almost it's it's certainly easier and no less um you should be judged for thinking that that reading contemporary fiction is a much easier beast because at least the vernacular is going to be a bit more accessible and um the reference points are going to be touchstones that you can sort of grab quite easily whereas yeah the context of a lot of historical fiction or fiction written in the past is 
is much harder and therefore I guess it's just a, it's much more of an uphill struggle. I think but it's there's a lot of to up take front, on later. Up, yeah, there's a lot of upfront labour costs in like reading Dostoevsky or uh, yeah, with payoff that I don't. It's not the pay, the payoff isn't immediate and enjoyable in the reading process. And I think yeah, maybe getting yourself to a position where just actually reading the book is is the thing that's enjoyable rather than being able to say, well, I've read War and Peace now. Well, so what? If you didn't enjoy it, you just probably wasted like six months, right? So, right, yeah, I um that well, that's why I thought about reading diet because I do, you know, I I sort of want there to be a nice mix on the sort of buffet table so that I I'm prepared for some to be like very difficult meals to take on, so to speak, and. But I, I sort of parcel them out a bit where if I'm going to read a couple of big doorstop ones in the year, I sort of think also like what's also going to be a few non-fiction reads. I'm going to like power through some personal development ones or ones, you know, throw like even just like a slim novella in there. Uh, maybe just a really random indulgent find that I won or like, I don't know, a pacey Stephen King novel or something. And there, there is something to me about thinking about the rhythm of your reading so that you kind of get some, some like sh- sweet treats along the way, some mm. things to sort of like, I want something now where I can kick back and sort of... But do you not feel that you're still slightly talking in a tone there that suggests there should be some hard work in and amongst it. And that's well, that, quite well, an off-putting that, thing to hear if you don't read too often. Well, that's the only thing. It, I do think if you if you are really a dedicated reader and it is part of your, you, you know, you're never going to like read every classic or whatever. And it's probably not a necessity. But, you know, just if you, if you are someone who's like, oh, there's some really big reading challenges I do want to take on at some point. I think it is worth, you know... Uh, at some point, right, you have to go, well, those those do require a bit of work. If you're going to take on reading Ulysses, that's going to be like a bit of an undertaking. But I think that's fine about like knowing that up front. No one finds Ulysses like a breezy read. But I think of it more in terms of like having, yeah, having palate cleansers and other things. But I am prepared to work for some of my reading, if you know what I mean. I'm prepared for some of it to feel like... I, I definitely... Well, do I agree? I'm not sure. I, first of all, I would say, if you don't read much, don't read Ulysses. I would say I, that I agree straight with that. up. Don't, <laughs> don't go near it. There's loads of stuff that you'll get much more reward from. Yeah. But I think I have on my to-read pile a book I got very recently. It's like 1,200-page non-fiction. Um, it's called The Power Broker. It's about... Um, Robert Moses and how he mm. kind of shaped and built New York. Um, it's very small print, looks quite intense and a heavy go and read, but I, it should still be really interesting and riveting and it kind of fits the context of I've just moved to the US and I'm intrigued by it. So I don't see it as this is going to be a big ominous task and it's kind of a canonical piece of nonfiction. It just looks like it will be interesting and sort of fits my current interests. Mm. Um, Whereas if you don't have any of those things lined up, it probably would be a bit of a doorstop, right? And not a particularly appealing read. So it's also sort of con- like context is quite important. I've said this, I think, quite a lot on here that 
if something catches your interest and you have a book about it, it's a good time to read that. You know, if you're suddenly reading a bit of news about town town planning and blah, 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 then suddenly that's the right time to read yeah. the book about Robert Moses. So well, it's certainly whereas books that Ulysses have their, is really on your radar, right? It's certainly books that have their moment where you are yeah. really in the right place. I, I felt that bit with Moby Dick, actually, funnily enough, even though it's quite like a, you know, a task for a lot of people. Actually, Moby Dick, I read fairly quickly and that wasn't, that didn't feel like mm. such an undertaking. But but let me, let me pitch to you two different scenarios then. Like you might have one where you, you do find a really big book that say it's like a big old biography of Churchill or something. And it's like, oh, this is really interesting. This is re- like really, but it's, but it is like a, you know, a 700 page book. But say you have, a difficult, a universally accepted difficult novel like Gravity's Rainbow, which is a large postmodern, you know, quite densely, obscurely written book that's hard to follow. W- would you say that was, you and I have both read that. Would you say that was like, you know, were, were you enjoying it all the time? Were there bits where it felt like this is a hundred and a hundred page slog at this bit? Or uh, There's definitely, definitely felt some of that definitely felt like a slog the the first page is the best page of that novel which is <laughs> never necessarily a, a great yeah, cause, place cause, to be in because there were like spark, definitely sparks of like wow that's incredible right yeah. through that and i was having moments but then there were parts where it's like i'm putting in the work today of getting through gravity's rainbow Def- definitely but that is is few and far between i would say that i'm taking on books like that i strive i think to be reading things that are enjoyable and I've probably, through reading a lot, have broadened what is enjoyable to me, right? So I think... Oh, yeah, that, that can happen too. I think that's it. I, it's like, I don't know, if people get into jazz or whatever, it's like the more yeah. you listen to, the more palatable it is, I guess. So reading a lot of postmodern fiction makes it easier to read Gravity's Rainbow, but I wouldn't at any point say that a novel is an enjoyable read. Um, but it, for me, fits into a lot of where it like pads out a lot of like broader context of other things I read. So I, I'm kind of rewarded for thinking, oh, this came out in that year and they didn't award the Nobel Prize, uh, the Pulitzer Prize that year because of blah, blah, blah. Um, so it, it fits a bigger context, which I'm just interested in knowing about anyway. Um, but I would say what I think I've done is I have quite, well, I have a lot of books on my to read pile that have, at various times really caught my interest and just having them there gives me a lot of options to pick and choose from. So I, I now need to find a new book to read. Whatever kind of mood I'm in, I should have something that will kind of fit it mm-hmm. rather than having nothing to hand and then having to think and seek something out or kind of be caught short without a book. I'm usually in a position where I've got some non-fiction, some fiction, some classics and modern stuff to catch the mood that I find myself in or maybe a film I've watched oh it was about the second world war I've got a second world war biography I'll read that you know I kind of prepare myself to have things kind of my mood can respond to rather than setting out a diet in the sense of I need to do three of these and three of these and I'll mix in a real classic I I've kind of set myself up to just respond to my moods uh, right my sort of con- the context I'm in and have something available to uh, at one point or another every book on my shelf really caught my eye and really captured my imagination and I bought it 
but then you know time goes by and you forget about what that is and then the moment changes and it, it catches your eye again so i just like to be in that position rather than setting out uh, a list of what i hope to read you know but if, if you yeah no i i totally get that and i i think um you know there's an argument for just picking up books that's why sometimes it is good to pick up more books than you need because sometimes you you know you you kind of have a little library in your home and different things are strike you at different moments yeah if you kind of have them ready to go i um but but like so for example would you would you i mean not that there's like not that you have like guilty feelings about reading something but like if you found yourself like as someone you consider yourself quite a serious reader and you just found yourself reading six months of like breezy young adult novels or fiction would you feel like oh this is too much here so i really need to like bring the balance in because this well, i think too, my, i too... think my mood changes quite a you know so i'll read the hunger games or something and then i'll have something in the meantime will have caught my eye and I, the next book i'll go for won't be right you know harry potter or another hunger games book my mood will have just changed so i think oh, i'll read that autobiography or i'll read that this time so i think by having I'm not going to be in a position where the only books on my shelf are 10 sort of Hunger Games novels, you know, so it's, I've given myself the, the variation, I suppose. Um, and that, that's quite an advantage probably. Um, yeah, I'm reflecting on this as we're talking about it. That's why I'm a little bit rambling. and I apologize, but, um, yeah, I, I just wouldn't, would you find yourself in a position where you've read 10 of the same kind of book back to back apart from maybe for work? Yeah, um, no, probably not because I do tend to. I'm I'm a very like broad interest person, so I tend to have you know suddenly I want to read about China, then I want to read about computers and engineering, mm. or whatever you know, uh, you know, space or something. So, so my 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 tastes do go eclectic. Actually, sometimes I have the thing where I think, should I more? Should I have a more? <laughs> systematic or concentrated uh you know say i really like an author should i more just like my younger brother's a bit like this sometimes if he likes someone he will then read like 10 20 isaac asimov novels because he's really liking asimov Mm. and wants to like read like all that all the stuff that person wrote probably not asimov because he wrote about 400 books but other authors you can do that with but you might be like Oh, I want to complete the George Orwell set now. I've read a couple of them. Uh, I definitely do that, but I well, I definitely purchase in that way. I'll read like Philip Roth. I read Portnoy's Complaint, or I think The Human Stain first. Loved it. Bought four or five more of his novels, and then you know every other book I read, I was like, oh, I'll read another Roth because they were there. If they weren't there, I wouldn't have done it. So, um, you know, you kind of accum- I accumulate the same author in that way while I'm still enjoying them. But if I read a dud by them, then the next couple of books I'm going to pick up probably won't be by that author. And you can certainly burn out as well. I've done that maybe with something like P.G. Woodhouse where it's amazing, but they are very samey. Right, Three yeah. or four of those in a row, you just kind of, they lose their impacts. And I think there can be, you get diminishing returns if you do that. So mixing things up is always a good idea just because the novelty of that author stands out more in isolation than back to back. Yeah, I think that happened a bit when I read quite a bit of Philip Roth at once. They do, you do kind of 
end up it becomes all a blur and and it does mm. lo- it loses the freshness it had when you first started yeah um yeah that's interesting though but i do you know i caveat all of this by saying i do think you're right in that you know losing enthusiasm for reading is like the worst possible outcome so it's always kind of better you have momentum and are kind of still wanting to finish what you read i think it's if you're really if you're really not wanting to finish something you're reading probably by and actually i think this is true by and large for everyone including myself that people feel far too much pressure to persevere and there's some kind of shame to like I don't put down many books. I probably should put down more and do and maybe read something else because I feel people sometimes get themselves in ruts and wonder why they're not reading anymore. And maybe it's just because they picked a bit wrong to begin with. And just that's it, no though. I think that's because I I almost never give up on a book, and almost never am reading a book where I think I just want to give this up because I think I'm quite good at vetting at the point of choosing. So same with films. I, I feel like if you, if you select well at the start, then you're going to be less likely to put it down. But if you don't read much and you hear that War and Peace is really important to read, you're going to want to quit reading that book before you finish it, right? So picking and choosing is, is kind of more important than the perseverance. Yeah, and... Uh... You know, I think certain non-fiction books lend themselves a bit more to being a bit more cavalier with them as well, where it's it's more like, you know, especially if they are like practical based ones. Like I've got this one here in front of me that's uh, a book I actually really enjoyed called Originals by Adam Grant. But it's kind of about creativity and a lot of the kind of practices of sort of really prolific creative people. And it's kind of got, you know, but 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 you could easily after the first half of the book, you could have extracted the thesis and the key ideas. And you could say, I, I don't have to read every, you know, every next study and anecdote and part, you know, more proving of the thesis. And, and some can feel like that where you feel like I've got the argument of the book now. And a lot of it is kind of <laughs> padding to finish it out mm. to, to kind of just do a bit more, um, even even books I really like, like uh, Stephen Pinker's The Blank Slate, a lot of the main argumentation is done in the first half of the book, and then the second half is just kind of applications of his theory as to why genes are really important in different areas. And so, so yeah, it does kind of depend if you're if you're just looking sometimes to extract information. I think you can treat them in a bit more of a cavalier way. Maybe if you're trying to read a very you know, a dense literary novel or something very <laughs> pieced together in a certain way, it's more important you, uh, you know, persevere. What your, what your end goal is or what your purpose for reading is, is very important to this discussion, right? Because that is quite a sort of cynical, that's quite a cynical attitude, I suppose. I, for me, it's just the sitting down with the book should be a really enjoyable thing. Like you're right. choosing to spend your time in that way. Obviously, you don't want to be reading something you're not interested in. If you have to extrapolate information, it's presumably for work or because it's essential to you. But the process of reading that book and the moment that you're in, in the present, enjoying that book should be an end in of itself, right? So you're kind of trying to make that process as good as possible. And then if you also get some anecdotes from it or some knowledge or some 
you know more articulate conversation pieces on a date as a result of that that's a bonus but it, it shouldn't be a chore to sit down and read it you should think oh i'm really interested in this i'm really enjoying where this is going this is how i'm going to spend my afternoon yeah i i it's funny though i do i i totally agree and to me it's a one of my life's pleasures is is reading but i i think some people when i see people who don't read that often or who you know i don't know why maybe it's something the way a lot of guys think i see sometimes a bit of a gender split where a lot of men don't read for pleasure they read for like a practical to like try sometimes it's like all about like i read to learn to get something to get some information or to you know whatever like self-improvement drive or whatever it is to get more knowledge and and i don't know if they do see it in a more cynical means ends way but i i guess that's a different i mean it's a fine it's almost exclusively non-fiction isn't it oh yeah 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 like those kind of people just don't they to them like fiction itself is like some kind of frivolity it's like well that's just like watching a movie or something you know Um, they would these people would watch films yeah yeah but they for for some reason it's like oh like i I, yeah there's a there's this kind of um sort of strange dismissive attitude as though fiction is is not you know not you spending your time in a in a a very effective way but then i suppose that that person's outlook is a kind of perennial optimizing quote-unquote outlook anyway so they're not the kind of people that do they don't enjoy anything yeah <laughs> well, everything's just well, to yeah. extract things from yeah you know, so. well, everything gets judged through that strange lens which is doesn't, doesn't like you guys i think i think it was on your social media account maybe it was your brothers i'm not sure but it was about you know like reading more is going to make you better conversation you'll have better dates you'll be a sort of better person to get to know that's only going to be true if you're actually enjoying the thing you're reading right you're not going to be better company if you've just sucked the <laughs> the three key points from a book and you can regurgitate by bullet point the best three takeaways you're going to well, be an absolute yeah. oath right it's surely the thing you have to enjoy it well, to be then able you to might as well benefit read... from it socially yeah i get it well because then you might as well read the cliff notes to war and peace but it's like well yeah but you can say you're, you're you can say be a soulless who... <laughs> soulless person it's like actually enjoying the process is surely the thing that makes it more rewarding um, uh, so you, yeah. you should kind of be reading because you enjoy reading, not purely to extract information, because that's going to be a very sort of transparent outcome. Yeah, I guess it's just that 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 some books are written in that way in non-fiction, aren't they? They're written to state a case or persuade or make an argument or just like this is the definitely. I, th- I think actually, Steve, when we talk, I always when I hear the word reading, I think of fiction. Maybe you or maybe not, but other people hear that and they think non-fiction, right? So whenever I'm responding, it usually is about a kind of plot-driven novel. By default, right, that's right. by default where I come down on. So talking about it, oh, should you read more to be more interesting on a date? I'm still thinking of like a narrative piece of fiction. When you, um, if you say like, do you ever feel like guilty if you haven't been reading enough though? And the reason I ask is because does that suggest there is some kind of feeling where you feel like it's kind of, there's some kind of important character benefit or, or not even self-improvement might be the wrong term, but there's some 
some gain you're missing out on if you're if you think oh i haven't been reading anything for the last month like you would feel a kind of guilt like you you're not I doing anything for the past yeah i definitely feel that guilt but i don't feel it i don't feel it in terms of self-improvement i, I think i feel it in terms of i enjoy reading and so i'm not doing something that i enjoy and it's quite right. easy to give up right it's easy to just not read it's a very easy thing to just get swept under the carpet or pushed aside so i think i feel the guilt in i've not made time for doing something i enjoy doing and it is inherently a rewarding thing to do but i'm not thinking that because oh i could have learned 10 extra skills or 10 you know life improving sound bites from these non-fiction books i've missed it's just i like reading it's a rewarding thing yeah. um and I've missed that. So yeah, I, I definitely feel that guilt. I think I also feel the guilt because I spend a lot of money on books. If I'm not reading them, then boy, am I yeah. you know, spunking that up money up the wall. But um, that's a different kind of guilt. It's a funny thing though. I feel like, you know, I feel like that I can easily make the case and do believe there are life improving benefits to reading fiction, but almost there's a paradox that if one were approaching it in that way, you're almost nullified from getting yeah, them. Completely, um, yeah. Yeah, it's like if you were actually reading the Odyssey with some self-improvement thing, you're kind of not, yeah, you're kind of Agreed. enjoying That's it. I think that's why I said earlier, like, you need to get into the state where the reading is in of itself an enjoyable end. If you do that, then the takeaways kind of come as a bonus. And the best way to make that happen is to select books that you should enjoy from the outset. That's That's kind of the... <laughs> Like and again, without nullifying it, that is sort of the process that you have to follow to actually yeah. gain something from the process. There's a good quote from the uh, Naval on Twitter that that investor philosopher guy that he talked. He I think we mentioned it before. It was like um, it was like read what you love until you love to read, um, which mm. I think does make sense. You you kind of end up becoming like a reader, and then you sort of naturally seek out broader fare and other things i think as you kind of expand your curiosity but you kind of have to you kind of have to find a foothold in you kind of have to find your like it's like if i suddenly do want to read about i don't know an obscure piece of history i've never read about like i don't know the assyrian empire or something it's like there might be a whole world there to unlock that i haven't got any penetration in but i I almost would need like a gateway or I need to find the book that would speak to me about that, that would jump out at me about that part of history. And then maybe I would develop an independent interest in the Assyrian empire, but I would almost, yeah, I would need something that, that inflamed me in the right way to. I think play. other media can definitely do that. Like film for sure does that for me. I'll yeah. read a novel on the back of a film I've watched or even music I've listened to. Um, uh, the good, a good thing about reading contemporary fiction, or at least sort of fiction of the last 40, 50 years, is that it is sort of self-referential with other media. The novels will reference films and they'll reference music, and then it becomes this kind of holistic, like cultural world. Whereas if you're reading Vanity Fair or some old, you know, it's just, it's so set in a specific place that has very limited... Hmm, limited shared references to the broader kind of cultural world we live in i suppose that make, that's the easiest way to get into reading more is just kind of 
accessing all kinds of culture together. It's a sort of big broad net where everything's interweaved and kind of intertextual. And if you buy into that there's, and you find that interesting, it suddenly opens up so many things. Um, and that just having, yeah, this kind of shared interest in different kinds of culture should be the easiest way to perpetuate your reading interests, I would say. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I, I, uh, I do think anyone who, just to go back to something we were saying before about your sort of the composition of things you read, I, I do think that even, even if you have an inclination one way or the other, I think if you're like a non-fiction person or some people are just like strictly fiction, right? I do think there's something to finding your way to the, the crossing, the divide, so to speak. If you find the, the fiction that can really grab you or the non-fiction, I think... I think there's benefit in varying up your like reading diet that way. I think both sides would benefit greatly from doing that. Like, I mean, you, you found loads of treasures when you actively pursued more nonfiction, right? Like definitely. But I think also the nonfiction that I enjoy is usually still probably narrative you know, it'd be like right. the history of, favorite piece of nonfiction is probably the making of the atomic bomb by Richard Rhodes, like this huge, very broad history, but it, it's almost like a thriller. Um, you know, it's got a very interesting cast of characters. It follows their narrative journey to an end goal. It sort of maps very nicely onto a kind of novelistic arc. Whereas, you know, um, the 10 things you need to read about how to do X is a very different kind of thing. So, um, the nonfiction I've enjoyed tells great stories. They just happen to be true stories. And it's the, how well told the story is that is often as interesting as the story itself. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I will say another way to really like, you know, sort of break yourself into something. Back in the days when we could travel, George, that was like, that's one of a great tool to unlock a sudden mm. interest in something when you've actually like had some ground experience of even a city suddenly reading something in that place is a very different experience or i remember even, even just re even just going back to some murakami after i went to japan had a lot more resonance with like places in tokyo i had heard knew mm. and i was like oh that that there's way more context for what that would look like now or just feel like an uh yeah, so so travel is also an incredible way to kind of unlock even nonfiction. You'll you'll read about a place a lot more if you've been there or you know understand it a bit better or want to go there. Um, yeah, so that's when that's allowed again. If we if we return to that world, uh, then that's also a great sort of pairing. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you. <laughs> Having people to recommend you books is a great tool. I mean, independent bookshops and the staff that work there and, you know, yeah. big chain bookshops really know their onions and, you know, uh, they're good people to ask. I mean, just sort of sharing a couple of, I love these two topics, what novels or what books do you have on those issues? What do you think I'd enjoy? I mean, you're going to get recommendations from people. I'd, I'd put it out there that you or I could easily recommend things for people if they're interested. And frankly, if people want to email in or write in the comments some topics they're interested in, we could certainly recommend books between us that should probably resonate. And it's having that access. I, 
I really benefited from the lecturers that taught my degree would recommend things wider than just what's on the curriculum and that was a really good jumping off point. Um, if you've got that access to that then you should take advantage if you're looking to broaden what you want to read but um, yeah making it making it a kind of a process is probably not the thing to do I think going in through interest rather than obligation is the best way to yeah keep going um, and and yeah sharing recommendations is like most readers wish they had more people to talk about the books they'd read mm, or yeah. be able to like share passionate you know j just you know reading can be quite a solitary thing and yeah i notice if i go in even at a big chain in the uk is waterstones most of the booksellers there are pretty passionate about books and if you just kind of like chat to them and say have you read the new elena ferrante do you know blah blah a lot of them like want to talk and to get yeah. loads of ideas and they will just kind of throw a bunch of things at you but yeah you'll get like maybe a couple of interesting finds out of that and uh you can do it online like there's a you know there's a whole like book part of twitter and reddit that that kind of trade recommendations and things so there's there's lots of people willing to chat about them and uh yeah it's and and yeah like again I, it's a really really blatantly obvious but even googling like best lists and things there's there's lots of great stuff even in the new yorker or new york times of you know really prominent lists uh if you're on i mean we haven't been on public transport properly for a long time but when you used to be able to travel on public transport and you'd look across and you'd see someone reading a book you've read and you really love do you get that kind of burning oh i just want them to know that i've also read that book <laughs> You yeah, know what if, I mean? like, if it's one where it's just wouldn't you'd be like oh you don't see that often and like, no and you want to sort of nod and go yeah that's good isn't it yeah <laughs> we're both we're both on the same way yeah um yeah there's definitely stuff like that um i i always think that when i see someone with a cormac mccarthy open i always want to give them a bit of a nod and be like yeah oh, good stuff son. yeah um, i uh yeah but um if you want yeah if you want those recommendations uh yeah you can email us at uh s h -S, s double h u s s e y at gmail.com and uh yeah just just tell us some things you're interested in and we'll see if we've got any recommendations for you one of the best possible things is recommending a book to someone and then them coming back a few you know days or weeks later and going that was brilliant that's yeah. such a nice thing I love that with a movie or a book, if it if it proved great and people will love it, it's a uh, yeah. Especially if you know someone's tastes as well, that's that's always good. Um, all right, well, there's your book bin. Um, for now, I I do, I I am going to read more classics this year, as you know, George. I'm going to be reading Proust uh, amongst some others uh, because that is where my interests lie right now. Um, I I feel... Yeah, I feel, yeah, this conversation's made me a bit less guilty about times if I'm going to get waylaid by sort of passion things that I just want to read in the moment. Because sometimes I do have this weird voice where I'm like, oh, there's what you really want to read right now. You should read this, though, because that will, you know... I don't know, that's a text you've been wanting to read for ages, or you've been wanting to read Dickens for ages. You should be reading Dickens right now, but you're reading this. Um, but I guess you you kind of also... Maybe you'll get round to Dickens, and it'll be the right time mm. for Dickens, and you'll want to read it. 
Um, but that's that is true though because you you don't want to be reading it and thinking oh that it's a bit of a slog you want to you want it to be like an organic and enjoyable and kind of spontaneous sort of process and I guess yeah by having the option of you've got Dickens on the shelf if you want to pick it up you can and you'll enjoy it because you you watched Muppet Christmas Carol and you're suddenly in the mood for it then that's kind of works really well but just going oh, I should read it because I've said I should for a while it's going to make it a more painful process right yeah um and look you think my only interest in the works of a great chronicler of london is because some muppets reenacted a christmas carol but then you you've got a little bit you're a little, you're a little bit on the money um because i do love that film uh but i would like to read more I, actually that's I've only read a couple of Dickens and that is one of the ones I've read and Great Expectations and maybe one other. Um, but, you know, he, he is a joy. Um, and, you know, I love London, George, so I feel I should know more of the man who is essentially the sort of great, the great prose writer of the city. He, he took long sort of four hour long walks around London. What do you think of that? It was, was pretty car, wasn't it? So. Pretty guy, yeah. Um, I don't think you can really gloat about that. Oh, I walked everywhere. We didn't have much choice, did you, Charles? <laughs> London was a bit smaller then as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's let's wrap her up there. Um, let us know what you're reading. Uh, uh, you can also just dm me on instagram sa uh, stephen h hussey stephen h hussey on instagram and uh, just dm and say hey here's what i'm reading right now i loved your podcast i genuinely love to know I, i'm really intrigued we've got listeners all around the world I'd, I'd love to know what they're reading we've got listeners and we've got quite literary listeners so yeah tell us what you're reading guys don't be shy um all right thanks a lot george i'll let you get started on dinner <laughs> He is getting started on dinner. Thanks very much. Um, All right. I'll see you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.